folks, you're listening to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast here. Uh, you're joined by your usual hosts, Josh Hartley and Ben Porter. Ben, how are we doing? Uh, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Been fed, been watered. Yes. I'm uh, happy. Fed and watered, courtesy of... Scott! Hello. You were looking around from there as if there was like a massive crowd of people. <laughs> like, I was building. I was building suspense. Okay. And we're also joined by Callum as well. Oh, it's, it's built by suspense. Like they can't see anybody else. They can't see you moving your head around, so that doesn't do anything. It's cool. We can. But there was you, the you there, was, there was the sort of pregnant pause where you built up to Scott. So. Yeah. Uh, it was suitably suspenseful. And then I just ca- wanted to embarrass him by saying he looked. Yeah, at him. yeah. And 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 now I've kind of stolen my own thunder by like introducing you immediately without explaining to the good listeners who Scott is. So Scott's our friend. <laughs> well, uh, it's ex friend. Maybe now that I didn't get a proper introduction. Oh, don't be like that, man. Uh, but, I mean, amongst other things, uh, Scott plays in the same Pathfinder campaign that I've talked about at length. Right. On the, so you are well acquainted with Biff the dog. I am very well acquainted with Biff the dog. Um, and uh, you, uh, we, we know each other from back in the Warhammer 8th edition days as well. Yes, through, uh, through my previous employment with a certain company <laughs> that shall not be mentioned at the moment. Yeah. Uh, so we thought we'd uh, have Scott and Callum on the podcast just to... Well, I, th- I think the big thing we're going to be talking about this week is going to be Malign Portents, right? Yep, um, it's the the big expansion, sort of narrative-driven expansion that they've just brought out for Age of Sigmar. And they're, they're doing some... They're doing a few things that are they've not really done before in the game, so... Mm-hmm. More on that later. Yes, but first, just a little reminder if you've missed it on our Facebook and Twitters and various social medias, we're running a little competition now. Uh, um, you sounded so middle-aged when you said Twitters there. Twitters. <laughs> Twitter, <laughs> Twitter I, I don't mind admitting, Twitter was the first, uh, like discovering Twitter was the first time that I felt old. Because I just didn't understand it. I don't really it's been get out it. For like ten years. I it? know. I know. I felt old ten years ago, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you're, you're not. You're not the only one. Don't yeah, worry. I, yeah. I don't understand the twitters either. The twitters. But Charlotte, Charlotte puts in. Uh, in case anyone didn't know, it's Charlotte who handles the Twitter account. Yep. So. Uh, and much of the social media in general Uh, but we are running a competition to celebrate the fact that last weekend we hit 1000 downloads yes oh wait we actually have a crowd as well that that was very satisfying (laughs) Uh, so what are we giving away Ben? we are giving away a core set of Warhammer Underworld's Shadespire which has everything you need to play the game Mm-hmm. Uh, two warbands, boards, tokens, all of that fun stuff. I nearly said crap. Not really selling it with crap there. But crap there meaning miscellaneous stuff. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, the reason we picked that. It was our pick for game of the year, Warhammer mm-hmm. Underworlds. Oh, we're off to uh, our first tournament of it this weekend as well. Yes, we are. Which, uh, I am excited for. But uh, just to enter the competition, all you need to do is to share the post and like the page. And that is both on Twitter yeah. and on Facebook. So you can enter twice if yeah. you do both. Double, double your odds. Yep. Uh, we are announcing the winner on the 25th of February. I think so. 
<laughs> that was a rhetorical question. It is. I'm pretty sure it is. So uh, get your entries in uh, before then, and we shall announce the winner uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, and on uh, the podcast. Uh, mm. But Scott, Scott knows all about winning. I, I do. I was the lucky Facts. winner. Facts. <laughs> I was expecting that to be shouted out by now. Yes, I was the lucky winner of the previous. Uh, the previous competition. It was. Which... I, I can assure our listeners, it was done at random. In fact, well, uh, the the Twitter winner was uh, a gentleman down in London, wasn't it? So yeah, uh, who we had ne- no contact with previously. So that proves first, first name Adam. Yeah, so Adam. Uh... When when we announced this winner, uh, Charlotte ad- actually had to come in to the room to tell us because she could hear us talking about this poor guy. And neither of us could find his name, and we we're fumbling through all of the files to try and find it. So she just stuck her head in and shouted it. So yeah, that looked really professional. Or we seem really <laughs> to have a little bit of amnesia that this isn't going out live, and that we can actually just stop recording and look things up if we really want to. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, Scott is the proud owner of an Unlucky Frog T-shirt and dice. Uh, have the dice been lucky or unlucky? Uh, they, they have been mediocre for me. Um, <laughs> it's probably the best way of putting it. Um, neither lucky nor unlucky. Um, although I find it very uh, very apt that, or very ironic that your unlucky frog signature is on the six rather than, on the, one. The, rather than the one on yeah. the dice. I think it was you, um, Callum, who pointed that out, that maybe it should have been the one. Maybe a little bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, t- I'll take the irony. Well, I'll take the irony. Being the the person who doled out the punishment to the eponymous unlucky frog, I, I think it should be on the six. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah w- one person's bad luck is another person's good luck. Yeah, usually. So well, it was for me. Yeah, it was, certainly oh, yeah. was. But that's another story for another another time. time. So just before we dive into the Milan importance chat, uh, just I'm tra- any other sort of gaming news. I, I know Magic the Gathering wise has been a controversy. They've, I'm, I'm they've, looking, had, they've I'm had a fair share of controversies yeah. at the moment, haven't they? Well, it's not it's not really a controversy. It's an unbanning in modern, and it's uh, I'm, I'm actually looking at Callum because Callum actually plays Magic the Gathering. You're well. the Magic boo. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what have they unbanned, Callum? So the unbanned the unbanned unbanned unbanned. Un-bland. No, they yeah. haven't done that yet. Magic. <laughs> <laughs> the unbanned Jace the Mind Sculptor like and the unbanned Bloodbraid Elf in modern. Yes. Now, um, for those who don't know, Jace the Mind Sculptor was uh, the boogeyman uh, for a while. <laughs> like, the, fair, there's yeah. an excellent YouTube channel. Uh, J- the Magic J- Ma- Jace the Mind Sculptor sounds like a pervert. <laughs> 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 was he involved in Operation U Tree? <laughs> yeah, as one of the targets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Jay- like, I, do you know what I think? I think what's happened is like. Like the the police, he, he's sort of like the Hannibal for Operation U Tree. Like the, the police use Jace the Mind Sculptor to find other perverts. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he, he, but he was he was he was the boogeyman uh, in uh, when he was released in Standard. So much so that they had to ban the car back when Standard bannings were quite a rare thing. Uh, that's not the case right now, but. Um, so it's going to be interesting though, because he's never he's never been allowed to be played in the modern format. I I don't know if he's going to have that much of an impact. 
but we'll see. It's had an impact on his price, though, and I'm yes. very, yeah. very glad that I already own the one copy of him that I want to own. So the, the biggest impact he's had is that he's going to make a lot of people a lot poorer. <laughs> Or a lot richer. Oh, a, lot richer. <laughs> a few people a lot richer. Swing, Capitalism! Swings and roundabouts. So, uh, that, that, that's kind of the. Uh, not, um, not many people are talking about Blood Braid Elf, to be fair. Yeah. They probably should have banned her a long although, time although, ago. Well, the banning was quite recent. But anyway. It, it, it does mean the stories come back where people feel like, and then he cascaded into another Blood Braid Elf. <laughs> Blood, Blood Braid Elf sounds like a serial killer, on the other hand. If you've seen the art, do you think Blood Braid <laughs> Elf is like the? Um, oh, what's the what's the guy they're hunting down in um, in Silence of the Lambs? Uh, Wild Bill. Bill, Buffalo, Buff- yeah. is it Wild Bill, or Buffalo it's Bill? Buff- uh, yeah, it's the, a cowboy name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Buffalo Bill. Is, is, is she yeah. the Buffalo Bill then in this scenario where uh, yeah. Jace is yeah. Hannibal Lecter? Yeah. All right. Cool. I, I want someone to do an altered uh, altered art of the Jace the Mind yeah, Sculptor. So, so there's Network. a picture here of the the Blood Braid Elf, and I imagine what she happens is kind of kind of like Buffalo Bill. She like cuts other people's hair off, mm-hmm. and then like puts it into her own hair to make it even more impressive. Wow! So it's like really gory extensions. That's her thing. <laughs> It washes the shampoo out of its hair or else it gets the hose again. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, yeah that kind of worked. Yeah. yeah. So so that's the, that's the news with Magic the Gathering. What, what, what gaming uh, have you guys been up to then? Since well, you, the, you uh, mentioned another little Well, uh, there has been another controversy this in the, uh, in the world of Games Workshop, actually. Mm. Um, the Las Vegas Open has just happened. Um, and... I came across this through an element of good news from it. So uh, the Warhammer community site posted up that they were donating um, Mm -hmm. £5,000. Sorry, $5,000, I should say, because this is American. $5,000 to uh, the chap who came fifth in the... Fifth in the... uh, so this, they forget this right fifth in the Las Vegas Open um, for the 40k to, for the 40k yeah, yeah. I should say for mm-hmm. the 40k um, due to unsportsmanlike an unsportsmanship like behaviour from yeah. his opponent um, there there has been uh, we, we may have been discussing this before the podcast started yeah. and there are yeah. mixed opinions on I'm this on, I'm on the side of the other guy I'm going to put myself out there it, anyway explain what happened so what, what happened was during the semi-final match um, two long time long time opponents mm-hmm. had agreed not to happen or not to slow play um, mm-hmm. and for anyone who hasn't experienced this uh, of which I hadn't up until about a year ago slow play is just where you do everything you can to draw out the match so that you end up winning on your own terms rather than the terms of it slow play sounds like a sex move we're getting getting a lot of this tonight (laughs) (laughs) Ben's interpretation of gaming things it's a new segment now it's a book title it, yeah. might, it might as well be because you do feel really bad after it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you feel really dirty after it. <laughs> but anyway, so they, they'd agreed to play through normally. Now, they're going through, I believe it's turn three, uh-huh. um, at which stage, it's either two, turn two or turn three, um, at which stage uh, one of the players, and I should actually really look up names, that would be helpful mm-hmm. right now, yeah. um, one of the players... Uh, Decides to deep strike a unit. Now, that sounds like a sex move. <laughs> deep strike. Deep strike. Deep strike a unit. Yeah. Um, so 
he decides to deep strike this unit. Now, by the letter of the rules, mm. after he has finished deploying this, then that is the end of the movement phase. Now, he did this. His opponent helped him set this unit up. And then as he went to move another unit, his opponent turns around to him and says, right, that's the end of your movement phase. We move on. So, by the letter of the rules, his opponent was playing along to it. However, they had been helping each other move models during the game. They were both really good friends. And the opponent was basically did not allow him to redact his move, take his turn, and then redeploy the unit. Yeah, and I'm I'm totally on the side of uh, the opponent here. The issue was, though, and this is the thing where I think the unsportsmanship behaviour comes in, is that his opponent... Coaxed him into it. From what I can gather, effectively coaxed him into it. Didn't give him any warning or any pre-knowledge of what was happening. Now, the, the, the moral of the story is don't screw people over because it happens to you. Um, Because in the next game, (laughs) he did something wrong and paid for it by losing again. Um, But the the, the good thing that's come out of this is that the tournament community has started to realise that it's moved, that the game itself has moved away from sportsmanship and it's become more about the the winning at any cost. Um, So in honour of that, uh, a very kind donor who... You can look up online and find out who it was that did it, because I forget we'll put, the name. We'll put a link to the Warhammer community article. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. has uh, basically agreed to donate five thousand dollars to the, the the loser in that case. Um, he took the great he took the great charitable nature and donated that to a children's hospital near him, and also got his own uh, his own employer to match that donation. At which point. Games Workshop have turned round and also matched that five thousand dollar donation as well. So that's, in total, that's nice. In total, for being a valiant sport and not moaning like a whiny little bitch for this, uh, <laughs> mm. he has. Which I would have done. He's benefited. <laughs> he's benefited the. He's benefited his local community. Yeah. Um, but the, the the key element here is, and this is where we've had the discussion of, what what is unsportsmanship behaviour in that, and what 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 counts towards it. Say, I'm on the fence of if you make that one silly mistake and you're good friends with your opponent and you're playing a game that revolves in a lot of variables and a lot of of intricacies to it, does going, all right, well, that's the only thing I've done this turn. Can I not move that back, finish the turn, and then do it again? So so my argument is, um, and, and I think if it was a friendly game or even like a small tournament, then fair enough. You should probably let the other guy un- undo it my thing is, if you're at high-level tournament play, which Las Vegas Open is, that's probably one right. of the biggest tournaments yeah, in the world, part of being a good player is knowing the rules inside out and having discipline. That's true, but it's the fact that this guy essentially Led helped him. him off of a cliff. That That's that's the thing here. Is, so do you think I, I'm, I'm very much of the belief that you're responsible for knowing your own rules particularly in a tournament. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there have been times where I've forgotten something in a friendly game and I'd be like, oh, do you mind if I redo that? And most most of the people I play with are like, yeah, that's cool. But if you're in a tournament, and it, this has happened to me, where I know I've forgotten something and you just have to let it go. Because... Yeah. The, the other issue that I have with this as well is that with um, Warhammer 4K specifically, there have now been eight editions of the game. And the specific deployment that he he has used, and the more astute rules 
lawyers out there will probably correct me on this if I get it wrong. Um, the old way of deep striking was at the start of the movement phase. It was the first thing that you did before you brought on any other units. Mm-hmm. So it's gone, just been habit for a it, lot of people? It's been habit for a yeah. lot of people. For, it was four years that that had happened, if not more. It's now moved into 8th edition, although a great amount has changed, a lot of it has still stayed the same as it does with most edition updates. So if you do that with one unit at the start of quite a lengthy tournament, this is the semi-finals, they've been going for for days now with this, you make one minor slip-up that was okay in a previous edition and someone jumps down your throat for it. I, I mean, all, all the more reason that, you know, you should make sure that you know the rules inside out. I, I I know I'm 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 being harsh, but tournament. You're, you are is being harsh, harsh, but I I do think that was particularly yeah. Yeah. insidious what that guy did. But he got his comeuppance. Yeah. Wait, what are your true. thoughts, Callum? I'm somewhere in between. I sort of agree with you, but having played at Magic Grand Prix for again, having done that myself. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is it. Like I've had that. I've had that happen to me in uh, at Grand Prix level at Magic: The Gathering, and you just kind of have to take it on the chin, right? Because the judge, like the judge, ruled against me as well because it was my responsibility to know what the rules are. I mean, but well, that's the thing, isn't it? it was but more often than not, you do have a judge or an, an overseer of some description, so you can always appeal decisions. Mm. So. That that's how you could get around. I mean, I don't know. Did that guy appeal that? Well, I or? think I think that was the reason why he, he, he basically this this whole thing has come about is that he didn't make a big fuss about it mm-hmm. at okay. the start. He just got on with the game and just dealt with it. Yeah. Um, and allowed his opponent to to be a dick about it. See, I I would have said, look, if you don't mind, can we let. Uh, a judge make a ruling on this. Yeah, that's what I, I would have done. I think um, I think that's what should have happened. Actually, I'm, I, I don't know how these high level tournaments work for forty yeah. k. Uh, um, I'm assuming it's somewhat similar to Magic: The Gathering, where they have like a team of judges they, who will arbiter yeah. over the whole event, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that's what should have happened. Obviously, this guy just wanted to get on with things. Most most rule packs, even for small tournaments, say that if if you have a rules dispute, yeah, they they, they throw out the the rule of cool thing that Games Workshop say of data off because you just can't do that in a tournament. Not, not in a tournament scene, yeah. Um, and so. Pretty much every rules pack I've seen is if there's a rules dispute, put your hand up and an organiser will come. And I think I think the issue here was not that the rules weren't in dispute. Yeah. It was that it was just ungentlemanly, yeah. shall we say. I, I, I think it is. It's, you know, it, I mean, I've already said that. It's one thing to, to capitalise on a mistake that your opponents made, because that is a legitimate strategy. Mm-hmm. I mean that that it's uh, the the Fabian strategy, isn't it? It's like wait for your opponent to make a mistake, mm-hmm. and then you capitalize on that. One of the things I was going to say to do with the magic thing before Josh took over, yeah, it's, it's a good point. Was that after Charlotte's home? <laughs> <laughs> after playing a, a, a magic competition for eight to ten hours over the course of a day, or even into day two. You become very tired. Yeah, it's mentally exhausting. It's mentally exhausting, and you do start to make mistakes. Keeping it up for the entire competition is ridiculous. Yeah. So I can sort of understand, even if you have been uh, playing at a really high level, 
if you've gone to day two, got the semi final, you're going to be tired. It's an easy yeah, mistake yeah. to make. You're that, expending a lot of nervous energy. Yeah, especially if, like Scott's saying, it's something you've done for the previous four years. Yeah. And the other thing as well is that they, they had been, as I say, plagued by slow players, mm. where most other games had maybe made it to the second and a half turn yeah. before that sort of kicked in. And it's just not a problem in Age of Sigmar because anything that does that it happens at any point in your yeah. movement phase. So mm-hmm. you can just do that whenever. Yeah. So. The, there's also an argument to be made of why does the rule have to be like that? Yeah. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, fair. Hello. You're Hello. on the recording. Yeah. We're recording. Oh! <laughs> 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 uh, anyway, uh, on that note, uh, Milan Importance came out last weekend. Yeah, yeah. And with it. Well, a lot it, of goodies. A lot with it. Um, Legions of Nagash. Yes. Ooh. Which? Yeah. Or should is, that be? Boo. <laughs> well, it's, it's quite appropriate. That's the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? You two get out of my house. <laughs> you, we, we, Josh and I apologise now for the potential amount of dad jokes that. Yeah. I apologise for nothing. <laughs> Everyone loves a dad joke. Except me. Yeah. Except Ben. Yeah. Ben's <laughs> deathly serious about this. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like hanging around with like two fifty year old dudes, isn't it? Like all I feel time. like we're the two old guys in the Muppets. I, uh, oh, if, if only well, we could be that. Waldorf and Stadler. Yeah. Stadler. Named after hotels, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. New York hotels. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. So the Malign Portents supplement for Age of Sigmar mm-hmm. came out. Uh, just that weekend there. Yep. So it was the tenth of February, mm-hmm. and with it, the Legions of Nagash book. I'll pass that to you, Scott. Thank you. So yes. Because we, we're gonna we're gonna do a bit of a, a deep dive into into these supplements. Okay. So uh, first of all, then uh, for those who don't know, what 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 are contained within each supplement? So if we do we what, what do we want to focus on first? Well, malign portents is probably the big one. Yeah, that that it, applies to like every way. Yeah, yeah. So um, keep, keeping up with the what they've been doing with Age of Sigmar um, Games Workshop are really progressing the narrative, which is great to see because mm-hmm. it was stagnant for so long with Eighth Edition. Well, they've they've said that um, so with Age with. Um, Warhammer 40,000, they have a universe that they build within. Um, they describe uh, Age of Sigmar as a narrative game. Everything that they do will be moving the story forward mm. rather mm. than it having a set location and yeah. a set time frame, which I think is a, a brilliant strategy yeah. for something. Absolutely. Yeah. So so Malign Portents, as the name suggests, they're, they're trying to um, inject a bit of that, uh, that gothic feel back into Age of Sigmar that um, mm-hmm. was missing when they hit the reset button on uh, 8th edition. What's uh, been kicking off in the Mortal Realms, as it's referred to, to mm-hmm. use its proper name, is uh, Nagash has been up to something. Oh, that, that scamp. That that dirty old man, he's been up to something. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's caused some uh, disturbances to the, the fabric of reality. And that's where the malign portents come in, is that you, oh, yeah. you get all these uh, horrible signs appearing, haven't you? Like the the bale moon, the writhing serpent, the falling star, that sort of thing. So it's all very ethereal. 
Mm-hmm. And the idea with malign portents is that you can actually interpret these signs in your games to do nasty things to your opponents or to buff yourself. So that's cool. So how's that represented then in, in terms of like game mechanics? Do you want to talk about that? So, yeah, so the, the malign portents and, and viewing these are all done through a point system. Um, so they are randomly generated at the start of each turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, you roll a... a you roll a dice, and that's the mm-hmm. number of, of points you gain. You gain, again, bonuses for um, fighting in the realm of Shyish or death. Three, three points mm-hmm. for... Three points for that. Yep. Uh, three points for having a, uh, for having one of the uh, special characters for yep. the line portents in it. Yes. The Harbingers. Harbingers. You get uh, plus three points if you have a character, a hero, in the um, the terrain piece that they've just re-released, uh, the Warscryer Citadel, mm-hmm. uh, and you get one for every additional priest or wizard in your army. So it, it, it if you are playing with the Malign Portents, it pays to have the characters and the terrain involved right. in it as yeah, well. Okay. well the, the idea with that being obviously priests and wizards are a bit more sensitive to ethereal goings on. So Spooky stuff. That's it. Yeah. Magic, really. And moving on to the spooky stuff, you're so, sat there with the book of the spooky stuff. Well, I'd, I'd say just to finish what I was going oh, on sorry, for about sorry, the portents, that's all right. Um, the the role of this, you gain these points, and in the game you can spend them for either bonuses to your own mm-hmm. army or to the detriment of your enemy. Sure. Um, so adds a, an additional mechanic to. But what what's really cool about the uh, the portents is it's not like. Um, Storm of Magic back mm-hmm. in the day where you had mm. these cataclysmic spells that could wipe half of the models on the board mm. off in one go. You'll turn the, someone into a frog. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. You did that yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the thing that's really cool about the, the malign portents is that interpreting the signs they offer very subtle Changes to the balance of the game. Usually, it's to a unit or to yeah. a, a, a small ability. It doesn't have any, and it has. It comes at great cost. Uh-huh. Um, if you don't run all of the harbingers and things, you may have at most six points to spend, which means you might get to use a couple of abilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if that. But it, it's really pushing that that synergistic mm-hmm. um, element to Age of Sigmar, which is which I really like because. What a portent on its own isn't going to do really much, but when you couple that with some of your uh, abilities of your army, that's when things start to really happen. So, mm-hmm. um, and they, what's interesting is although it's a narrative supplement, they've actually got some match play scenarios in here. So it it's been designed to appeal to the full spectrum of players. It's good. Excellent. It's good. Yeah. They've done that because I like my favorite. I think part about this is that. Games Workshop have got, or Warhammer, have now they've now got the community properly involved in progressing the story. So yeah. what we do as players affects how the story goes. Well, that's it. really cool. It ties into the the campaign, which has just Started gone live today. on yeah. the day of recording. Yes. Um. So they, they everything that we do as either part of this or part of anything. So yeah. So as say, uh, Callum and I are part of their. Um, Firestorm campaign, so yep. any game that we play for that mm-hmm. also ties into yeah. any, th- any f- um, full war scroll that you paint up. Yep. So a character or a unit of five models or whatever that that also contributes points to. It. But what's different about this global campaign is that 
you're not just earning points for your grand alliance. You actually choose the outcome that you want for Mm. each week, which means that actually you can be at cross purposes with people in your own faction because you maybe want a different outcome from them. All right. It's all very mysterious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's and it's, it's really pushing that you know the the sort of moral grey that uh, that <laughs> all the kids really, are on about. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with their Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so and uh, just uh, quickly to uh, round things off, Scott, we've got the new expansion then for Death as well. We do. Yes, the Legions of the Gash, which gives um and i keep saying this very ironically deathy kind of shot in the arm that it's it's been needing for a little bit brings a bit of new life oh okay yeah you are you're far better at that than i am um i mean you, you could say they've resurrected some of the previous rules for it as well uh, i'm getting very stern looks off in I, I can see josh desperately josh and, racking my yeah. mind for another one it's actually stressing me <laughs> yeah. josh and scott are actually aging with every joke <laughs> See, it's a curse of years. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. No. So the 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 death the the, the new um, death battle tome Legion of the Gash um, goes moves away from um, a, a mechanic that was especially in the the match the competitive play heavily nerfed mm. as, as it was said um, that they've removed the ability to summon deathly units onto the battlefield. Um, and rather than sort of, they, they now just are, have the ability to heal. Um, they've also split them into um, different factions again, yeah. um, led by the, the big man himself, Nagash, mm-hmm. and each of his his uh, lieutenants, each focusing on a different aspect of the the, the forces themselves. Like some sort of creepy hip hop crew, uh, potentially. Yeah. yeah. Why a hip hop crew? I don't know. It's just like I, I, it amuses me. Okay. <laughs> Nothing okay. else. Okay. Um, but yeah, it also adds, of course, new magic into the game, um, and, and and gives. Because they've got their own spell lores now. They have they? two different spell lores. Yeah. One for use with vampires, and mm-hmm. one for use with necromancers. Um, cool. So it's 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 a, let's say, a fantastic investment for. Death and death players, in general. Yeah, and uh, twenty five pound RRP. I'm looking at you, Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my my friend Stephen picked up that book for uh, twenty odd quid. Yeah, I, I I got it on Amazon for yeah. twenty six. But yeah, no, w- w- the Wizards RRP is like forty two pounds. Yeah. Which is insane. <laughs> I don't. I yeah. don't care. You know that. Look, people have come up with all sorts of justifications for that price tag. That is bonkers for a book of that size. Because look, you get the Legions of Nagash book here, right? That's what. It's like a hundred odd pages. Yeah. So it's like pretty much the same size yeah. as Xanathar's Guide to Everything, which is almost double the price of this. And it, you know, people have tried to say, "Oh, but you know, Xanathar's Guide to Everything—they they make artwork for it. They've done that here as well." You feel quite there, strongly about there this. Is, there, there is, there is the, the point that I, I want to make in this, and I'm not, I'm not trying to justify the cost of, of Wizards books or anything like that. I, I can see why um, Games Workshop are lowering the prices of their battle tomes and things. Is it previously the, the book of this caliber would have been at least thirty, if not thirty-five pounds? Yeah. But yeah, maybe. They, they make their money off of the, the 
the plastics that they yeah, sell, the plastic yeah. model kits. So if they lose a bit of money on the book, but they sell six or seven times more model kits from that, they're going to make a lot greater of a profit. Well, it's, it. it's what the and supermarkets do, isn't it? So yeah, lots of readers. Lure them in with cheap milk and then they'll buy all our other crap. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I could say, not, not that I'm just fine, that there, there are always costs and things behind something else. And if they've got no other ability to, to make profit off something, then the single book that they sell will be more expensive. But yeah, why is it almost twice the price, really? Would be the question. I, yeah, I, I can't see where the money's going. I've heard different reasons for it, and I, I still can't reconcile them with that price I just, tag. Uh, I'd just like to take a moment to point out to our listeners, uh, we should uh, say, we, we are in no way affiliated with Games Workshop, or Wizards of the Coast for that matter, but GW, if you're listening, we could be. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, guys, I think uh, that's going to be all that we've got time for. But thanks for coming on the show. Uh, again, for you, Callum, right. you are our lanky Santa over the uh, <laughs> Christmas episode. And uh, we've been we've been wanting to get Scott on the show for ages as well. So uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. Some technical yeah, issues. Yeah, you don't have to, but thank you, you for having prob- me. We'll yes. probably have Scott back to do when we start doing some videos. Yeah, let's I, get some painting get, up in You get to see this. my shining face. You get to see your beautiful yes. shining face. Yes, but uh, in, yeah. In summary, malign portents, thumbs up. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah a good it's looking good. Fifteen quid as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Take that, yeah. Wizards of the Coast. Good dog with a bone. <laughs> anyway, good night, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Hi, everyone. It's Charlotte from the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Now be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. All you need to do is search Unlucky Frog Gaming. You can also show your support for the Unlucky Frog through Patreon. To find out more information, check out our website, www.unluckyfrog.com. Thanks. Bye.